Welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert Wright. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Well, welcome to Conversations with Achievers. And we have a a really interesting achiever uh, to talk with today and learn from. Uh, Jim Simmons is a a founder and a CEO of a company called Hey Lim, which is doing some fabulous work with teams. And we'll get to know more about that a bit later. Uh, But team building is uh, something that's important to all of us today, particularly with this uh, prevalence of online uh, friendships or colleagues and how to do that. It's a bit of a mystery to me. And uh, so I'm I'm eager to learn more about that. How we can help. And and also eager to join uh, uh, Jim Simmons. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Can you, uh, you and I have chatted a little bit about uh, an international background and some some travels that we share. Uh, give us a little uh, brief, but but like turning points in your life and how you got to this place of, of building software and particularly software that serves people. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't quite remember how I got into the software world, but it seemed like one of those things that I was just going to do from the time I was pretty young. Um, so I started out as a software engineer, worked in a number of pretty big multinational companies. And then I made the jump into the startup world. Gosh, it's got to be about 12 years ago now. Um, and so I, I uh, was the CTO of a number of different startups. Probably the, the most recognized one was I was head of engineering at LegalZoom uh, for a bit. And then uh, from there, I went and took on the job as CTO of a blockchain voting company. Um, so we were doing the voting for, we were trialing it out for governments, um, both both here in the U.S. and internationally. Um, we also, we were losing money, you know, left and right on that. We were making money doing the voting for things like the Oscars and the Emmys and uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, James Beard Award, those sorts of things. So we got to have a lot of fun with that. And then through a weird twist of fate, I I made the jump from CTO to CEO of that company. Um got to experience what it was like to to actually run the business and you know manage it myself right which is which i think is as as many people know is a very different experience um from from having a senior technical role or something like that um but anyways we sold that company in 2018 um and then i was doing a little bit of advisory work and helping other startups when the pandemic hit and that's when my brother and i he's my co-founder um, at the time, we weren't intending to found anything. We were just having a little bit of fun during lockdown, and we said, you know, let's uh, let's let's build cards against humanity over Zoom. You know, we're living on Zoom calls for, gosh, it felt like 10, 12 hours a day. By the time you had your work meetings and your online trainings and your virtual happy hours and connecting with friends and family and teaching the grandparents 
how to Zoom with the grandkid and all this stuff, man. I felt like I was living on these platforms. And so um, decided I'm just going to make this little game for fun. And multiple, you know, launched it, had fun with it, thought these this, this lockdown was going to end in two, three months and then we'd get back to regular life. Well, we all know that didn't happen. And the little fun project, um, you know, went right into a friends and family round and then an angel round of funding. And over the next couple of years has evolved into um, a team building and culture building platform for remote and hybrid employees, um, you know, and, and sort of took it from there. And uh, and that's what I'm doing now. Wow, that's quite a journey. And and an, <laughs> I'd say kind of an accelerated one, at least in recent years, like, like the, a little the pace, bit. the pace has picked up for you steadily. <laughs> oh, yes, it has. It you know, has, and it's, it's... I think it would be interesting to hear your, your perspective on that shift from a, a, a senior tech person to leading the effort to being a, a CEO. What did you notice mm-hmm. about, about you, about your attitudes and maybe your habits, your behaviors? maybe uh, some successes, maybe some things that didn't work so well. What did you notice about that journey? Well, one of the things I think about a lot when I, when I reflect on it is, is you know, responsibility, accountability, and, and your ability to get things done. Because on the one hand, as I made each of those progressive steps, um, you know, into new roles and different positions, it, it really frustrated me that my personal ability to do work and get stuff done, right, to deliver, especially being a software developer, you're a bit of a, of a maker or a creator. And my my ability to do that and directly influence that diminished with every role, right? Like your, 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 your time on keyboard, as we call it, to actually get things done um, gets less and less. And yet, your responsibility and accountability for whether it goes right or wrong gets greater and greater. Right. And I really kind of struggled with that dichotomy for a number of years um, where, where I was no longer the guy that was directly able to drive the success or failure of my product or my project. And yet I'm responsible for it. And so that, that to me was probably the, the biggest evolution all the way up to, you know, my first day as, as the CEO of, of that company. I was called Everyone Counts. And for the year and a half before that, I had been CTO, actually chief product and technology officer. And practically speaking, excuse me, practically speaking, was was running almost every aspect of that company. I mean, really, the only things that I wasn't responsible for were um, HR and a very small accounting team. And everything else was kind of within my purview. And I had a great relationship with the prior CEO in that case. But when he stepped down and said, you know, I really think that that you should take this role, in my mind, I was going to come in the next day and it really wasn't going to be very different. I mean, I, I had right. to have a few meetings, you know, a few more meetings with HR and accounting than I had in the past. But fundamentally, it was the same job, except now I didn't have to go justify myself to anyone. <laughs> and <laughs> Right? Yes. But... But I'll tell you, and I and I, I I think probably you understand this as well. You know that first day in the job was one of the most intimidating and loneliest days of my life, 
Mm. Um, because even, even if I previously had 145 out of 150 people in the company working for me, and I felt like I was driving all the big choices and all the big decisions, you know, that, that safety net, I guess, of having someone else be the final decision maker, someone else had the final say, no matter how crazy or optimistic I would get, and I tend to be an optimist uh, in terms of how fast something can be done or how much we can take on or that sort of thing. You know, there was always someone there to to ask questions or push back a little bit. And that first day when I kind of sat there realizing that no one was going to do that anymore, that it was, it was all on me. Um, obviously I had an amazing team and all that. So I certainly wasn't all me, you know, driving, uh, success, but no one was going to look twice at the decisions. No one was going to be there to be the final arbiter. Um, I was just such a lonely, a lonely feeling for me. Um, I've grown to love it and I've grown to love, you know, managing, managing and running businesses. But, uh, you know, as far as the transition, that was just, a, a an interesting awakening, I guess I'd say. Wow. That, that just sounds so real and authentic to me. So thank you for sharing that. You know, people that know me well know that um, in the last year, I've done several things to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the death of a, a fr dear friend of mine, the uh, American singer, John Denver. And uh, one of the things that, that I was reminded of in that process, I went back to Aspen for several celebrations of his life, was a song that I'd kind of forgotten about, but he has a song called Sweet Surrender. And one of the lines in the song is, lost and alone on a forgotten highway, traveled by many, remembered by few. And when I heard that, you know, and it's a great song, actually, about letting go, about letting life be the way that it is. It's surrender. So it's in that way, it's kind of Buddhist, I guess. Uh, uh, and but I had I had never really heard the words in the same way. And the reason I heard them differently is my work with CEOs, because many of them, and either, you know, like you, smart and driven and uh, uh, really powerful, effective people in so many ways. But that role uh, where you start feeling lost and alone <laughs> on a forgotten highway, that's that is a uh, that's a tough, tough role, you know. Uh, and it's it's a powerful image, um, but it's true, and you know, and it's a blast. But don't get me wrong; I I love doing this, uh, but but there are there are days where, you know, you look out there and think, well, what the hell do I do next? Yes, and I got well, a lot of people looking at you saying, "What do we do next?" Right? Well, you know the whether it's my ego or, or maybe some good counsel, you know, you should have hired me, but uh, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> this, this shows about you, not about me, but you Fair know, that, that's what I do. I, I work with uh, primarily with owners and CEOs and uh, who are dealing with that lost and alone on that forgotten highway kind of journey. <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of it like you now uh, at most I mean, some of it came from study and research and the kind of work that I've done with uh, high impact experiential learning. But I learned so much from running the company. And mm -hmm. it sounds similar to you. I had 240 people in, in seven countries. And uh, 
I'd, I'd say that I was the stereotype in one area, and that was spending 70, 80% of my time on people issues instead of on training and research and uh, out, outside uh, connections that I needed to nurture. Uh, I spent mm -hmm. a, a lot of time on people issues, which led to this work that I'm doing now. But how about you? Uh, uh, I mean, you certainly were working with a lot of people before you became CEO. But uh, did something change in that regard when you took on the title? Um, well, I think my my relationship with people changed as part of that, right? The um, and and it, it is that that expectation that you've got the answers whether you've got them or not you have to have them and so i think that that changed the way that i worked with people um and similar to you i i i've struggled with you know where is the line or what's the right what's the right breakdown of working on your team and empowering them versus really truly working on the business and the processes that run that business and the decisions you have to make and the data you're getting. And, you know, in a perfect world, you'd say, well, I, I, I would have my, my team, you know, my senior team, and I'm going to, I'm going to make them the best they can be. And then they'll solve all those problems. But yet, and yet that's often not true, right? I mean, it's, and it's not that they're not capable people. It's just that, that where they sit, they're not empowered to see the whole picture and, and do that. And, um, you know, I, I think when, you know, when I took over Everyone Counts, we were initially, we were burning, you know, we were, we were private equity backed company. We were burning almost a million dollars a month and we didn't have many millions of dollars in the bank. So, so, you know, there was a lot of work that needed to get done in a very short period of time to try and turn that around. And, and as part of taking it on, it, it had been a conversation with the ownership of, we're we're willing to to write one more check. We're willing to try one more time here, but that's it. And you're you're you know, are you prepared to step in and and preside over, you know, dramatic cost cuts and restructuring the business and really trying to turn it around over the next year, um, ultimately so they could sell, which was what they they were very open that we want out. We want you know we want someone else to take it forward, but but we got to get it healthy before we can do that, and. That was that was tough because I many of the folks that I worked with who who I had worked with for some time as either either as part of my team or as peers, you know, everyone had ideas, but they were often in conflict with each other. Right. Do we do we go try and drum up sales? Do we reduce costs? Do we cut product lines? Do we um, you know, do we get rid of our of our of the you know the the 80% of customers who are generating 20% of revenue? Do we do we just walk away from that? I mean, what do you do next? And uh, and of course, you know, even two weeks before, I would have just sat around the table and uh, and I would have probably had the loudest voice, but I would just be there arguing my position along with everyone else. And and when push came to shove, even though I got my way or my my position would kind of carry the day eight times out of ten. Um, now I was the guy having to listen to all the different things and say, well, I, I don't know which of these is going to lead to our success or our failure, yes. <laughs> but, but we got to go, we got to pick one. Right. And so, um, that, that, that 
has been kind of a, a major change is just sort of realizing that and and again trying to balance out is it you know do I do I focus on the people and trust them and listen to them and go with my gut there do I try and dig in myself and understand the business and understand you know the numbers and the data um, I will say that I I tend to lean more towards the uh, the the latter there that when push comes to shove I do try and dig back in um, and and understand it and see kind of where things are going. And that certainly has served me well now on uh, Hayline where I'm, it's, it's a much smaller team and, and we have to be very agile and nimble and, you know, the ability to kind of jump from one decision to the next quickly uh, are, are things I feel like have kind of been built up and learned over the course of my career here. Well, a lot of wisdom in what you've just shared. And thank you for that. You know, that uh, I'm going to see if I can do a one day module from our leadership training in 30 seconds, but the, this notion that leadership is ultimately always based on relationships. Relationships are driven by trust. If you've got it, you can have a good relationship. If you don't, you you lose. And trust is built on a, tr a series of I'll trust you if. I'll trust you if you do what you say you're going to do. I'll trust you if you are who you say you are. The unfair one in that model, so I'm skipping seven hours ahead here, the unfair one is, I'll trust you if you are who I think you should be. And a lot of people project onto the leader, uh, maybe it's father stuff, like things were missing in their yep. relationship with their father. Maybe some of it is culturally driven. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for it, but it's very challenging for the leader to deal with uh, expectations of him or her that... Uh, are not fair. They're just not fair. And, uh, and, and they don't work, you know, that, that your CEO, you as the CEO are not their dad. That's a, <laughs> it's a different role, you know, yep. uh, but a well, lot of, it's... a lot of wisdom in, in uh, what you shared today, Jim, thank, first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And uh, it's really appreciated. Uh, my audience are, are people like you and me, and uh, they're running something. Uh, if you could let us know how, uh, if 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 uh, there's something you need from them or that they need from you, how did they get in touch with you? And uh, do you have a specific request of them? Absolutely. Um, so haylime.com is our business and, and at Haylime team on every social channel. Um, we, you know, the product that we're building and ha or have built and are continuing to build really touches on what you just said, which is so much of, of relationships and performance is centered on trust and vulnerability and a sense of psychological safety, right, within your team. And we are specifically trying to tackle the challenge of how do you build that with a remote team who's never met each other who can't go out to coffee, who can't have the virtual, you know, the, the water cooler conversations or go have a drink after work. You know, where, where do you find those, those casual social interactions that, that form the start of a relationship? And then that relationship can turn into trust and then that trust can, can kind of blossom from there. So that's what we're doing at Hayline. I mean, we, we do it with a lot of, of, intentional fun and little games and team building activities and focus sessions, you know, a three minute, three minute guided meditation at the start of your meeting, that sort of thing. That's all kind of run through our software. We are launching a program 
Now, based on what we've heard from leaders and managers, which is, you know, hey, that's all great, but how do I know if it's working? How do I understand if this is having any effect or if I'm just throwing money at it or, you know, go hire someone to ship wine tasting kits out to everyone and maybe they had a good time, maybe not. And so we're evolving our platform quite a bit to respond to that, to actually to do things like ask questions of the team. You know, the app will just ask questions of the team once a week. How connected are you feeling to your coworkers? Do you have, do you feel like you have a best friend at work? Um, how's your work energy level today? And capturing this information, capturing who's participating and not participating in the activities and actually trying to give, you know, managers, leaders, a dashboard to say, this is how engaged your team is. This is how you're doing at fostering those moments of connection that, that maybe turn into something more. Um, anyway, so we're, 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 we're about to release kind of a major new update that brings those in. Um, we're looking for companies to participate in a pilot program of that, which is basically a combination of, uh, of free software and consultation services and all that over a 90 day period, um, just to, to give us some feedback and let us know kind of if it's resonating or not. And so um, the greatest thing I would ask of anyone listening, especially leaders is, is to come and check that out and reach out to me and participate in it. And hopefully we can, uh, we can give folks a fair amount of value in that process as well. Um, share a lot of what we've learned in terms of just understanding remote and hybrid teams um, and how they click and uh, get some feedback. Well, Jim, you're dealing with one of the biggest issues facing leaders today, in my opinion, and uh, with a fresh approach to it. And by using technology, of course, driving the cost down to the user, And uh, I'm guessing. Uh, yep, and, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it, it is, a, I really get it. It's a challenge to come up with those metrics to measure the so-called soft skills. Uh, it's something that, that I've confronted for years also. Look, I wish you every possible success and uh, on a wonderful holiday season and deep appreciation for all that you've contributed today. I, and uh, uh, I want to stay in touch with you. And I'm sure many other people do. Uh, thank Absolutely. you again. Anything, anything to wrap up here today? Well, I, I love I love to talk to folks. So it's, you know, please, please, please reach out, whether it's directly related to my business or if it's your business or if it's just anything else. Uh, I mean, you and people like you and I think the folks listening are the types of folks that I like to have in my life and connect with. So would would definitely ask folks to reach out. It's just James at Haylime.com. Wonderful. Thank you again. All right. Thanks, Robert. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, 
Reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.